science and technology. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Tech Garage. I'm Zach. And I'm Matt. And apparently there's something weird going on with our sound today. Yeah, that's weird. Huh. So this is, again, a problem you're never going to see as a listener, but our intro music played super, super quietly. Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, I can fix that in post. <laughs> good, good job. <laughs> so uh, let's start today with a quick discussion on the awesomeness that we're bringing you. We're going to chat a little bit about um, the Microsoft Edge browser, and uh, it looks like the folks over at Mozilla have their panties in a twist. Mm, yeah. We're going to talk about air gap hacking. Uh, we're going to talk about the one wheel, which uh, actually looks pretty awesome, and I kind of want one. And uh, I think there will probably be a few random conversations I, I think that we're I not even probably, planning for. Yeah, I think I could probably segue into shark wheels off of the one wheel. Oh, sweet. I've yeah. been wait, dying to hear about shark wheels. Is that like Sharknado? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Cool. So um, before we jump into our topics, I do want to say welcome to all the new users I've been watching. and looks like we're getting uh, a lot of new folks listening. So uh, thank you. Welcome to the party. And uh, if you have things that you want to hear us talk about or things that you're like, why the hell have they not talked about this before? Uh, send a mail to techgarage at filamentalley.com. We'll uh, take a look at it. Or you can post on the Facebook page. Um, or like, as I realized earlier today, I don't actually know how to do the social medias. So if there's like, do you know, is it posting? Like, what do they do to speak to us on Facebook? Well, you just go to Facebook. You go to the Facebook. And oh, so facebook.com slash the tech garage. I think so. I'm going to double check that right now. <laughs> Uh, so much planning that should have been done pre-show. Well, Matt's checking that out. Let me go ahead and suggest that all of you listeners out there go to uh, audibletrial.com slash techgarage and sign up for a free 30-day trial of audible.com. Uh, I know the last couple of weeks we've talked about this. Audible is basically awesome. I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks lately. And for every one of you that goes out and signs up for the free trial, it helps kick back a little cash our way so we can keep the uh, podcast going and even get some new equipment. Yeah, yep, exactly. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and, and Matt's, Matt's cranky because he's got the old crappy mic still. Yeah, I, I'll go by. Uh, and it is, it is uh, facebook.com slash the tech garage. And if you want to go on there and like our page, that way we know that you like us. That you yeah, really, really we're like very us. needy of late. We're like, please, who likes us? Can somebody on the internet please validate me? Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about the Microsoft Edge browser that came out in Windows 10. I was actually pleasantly surprised once the whole uh, Win 10 major release came out, and I started using Edge. You know, the production release Edge. Yeah, yeah. And it actually works pretty good. I'm digging it. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any problems with it right now. There's a couple of little things, but nothing, uh, nothing that's stopping me from using it. I, I, I haven't um, changed it from being my default. Right. So if if I was like, uh, I've actually got it as my default right now. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. So it's my default. It comes as a default, yeah. and I haven't had a reason to go and throw Chrome over the top of it. Right. There's been a few websites that I've gone to that Edge hasn't played nice with, like uh, Mint, for instance, I think it was having oh. some issues with. Okay. 
And there's been a couple of other websites where some of the JavaScript just doesn't seem to work quite right. But but most of the time it seems to work, which yeah. is different for me than IE, which most of the time didn't work. Or yeah. I felt like a lot of times I would I would open something in IE and then I'd go, oh, this just doesn't work. I'm, I'm going to switch to Chrome. In fact, the last this summer I had mostly switched my default browser to Chrome. I, I just kept going, you know, being a Microsoft employee, I kept going like, I'm just going to use IE. I'll just keep using it. I'll use it. It'll be fine. And, you know, the, they have those ads on TV for, uh, you know, IE9 or right. whatever it was with well, great music. They had great music on those what ads. What I loved about that is like IE11 was already out and I'm seeing a Super Bowl ad for IE9. It's like, what the shit, people? I'm really? not sure who was doing that. Somebody probably should have been fired for that. Um, but yeah, I, I, it seems it seems good so far. What I thought was actually kind of funny is I was using Edge today at the office. You know, again, I also work at Microsoft, and I went to one of our internal sites, and it actually popped up a message: "You must open this in Internet Explorer. Click here to open an IE." And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cute." Yeah, uh, I think that's actually built in with Edge. If it hits a feature, it doesn't recognize. Oh, I think, would- it's, I think it's an Edge thing more than a uh, website thing. Hmm, that's cool. So it just said, hey, I don't know how to render this. I'm going to go ahead and tell you to use a different browser. Yeah. Hmm. Now, a different browser is exactly kind of what we're here to talk about today. So uh, overall, we've been positive. I had a really good experience with Edge. But it looks like the good people over at Mozilla. Are they Are they really good people? Well, like, I, I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> I don't personally have a problem with Mozilla folks. I mean, I used to use Firefox. Um when I switched over to the Mac before Chrome actually was good, I used Firefox all the time. Yeah. Uh, because nobody uses Safari. Yeah. Um, but it looks like Chris Beard, the CEO of Mozilla, uh, wrote an open letter to Microsoft suggesting that they're participating in unfair practices, making it harder for other browsers to um, be people's default browser and that Microsoft's doing a bad job by not letting users do what they want. I'm curious what it is that makes it harder because... So I do have, you know, a Win 10 device. I have Chrome installed. I haven't bothered to install Firefox because I installed Chrome. So Yeah, well, so I looked through the article that the folks from Mozilla had posted and their main complaint, it looked like, was that... Now, I haven't had a chance to go back and validate this because, again, read it just a few yeah, minutes ago yeah. on my Win 10 boxes in my uh, bag still. Uh, they said it was too hard to change your default browser and that some of the new ways to do it were a little confusing. Like when you, uh, they showed a walkthrough of, you know, open a browser or open this in, uh, well, in order to change it, change what to open it in, you have to click Edge and then you have to click from Edge into something else. And, I don't know if, because there's the system center area where you go in and set all your defaults. Yeah, yeah. I assume that's still in Windows 10, which is the easiest way to do it. Yeah, but anytime you install a new browser, they always go, hey, is this what you want to make your default? Like, when you install it, so I don't... Almost every browser on the planet that I've used, you know, Edge, i.e. Chrome, if they're not the default browser, they do pop the, hey, do you want to be default? Yeah. So... Uh, I guess my statement here is, do you think Mozilla's setting up to do another bullshit, uh, you're making it difficult for us to run browsers like they did in the early 90s? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, that would be a pretty I, dick move on their part. 
I, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully somebody out there is actually has data and knows what they're talking about and can like just say, hey, no, uh, Mozilla is just saying, hey, you know, whatever. Yeah. They, might make just, it easier. I, they might just be complaining. To complain. Maybe they're just testing what, uh, you know, what, what the Internet feels about it and, you know, trying to get a gauge on sentiment at this point. That's possible. That, that'd be my guess. Yeah. Like I, I looked at it and I started having flashbacks to the olden days where there was uh, – so much angst over how hard it was to run another browser or the IE browser was embedded so, in the OS in such a central piece that it blah, blah, yeah. blah. So here's my thing. I never understood. Um, so back in the you know um, days of Netscape, the browser wars, the original browser wars. Um, <laughs> was that shortly before Attack of the Clones? Yeah. I, so I, I guess for me... I get why I get why Microsoft wants a browser because it drives traffic to Bing. I get well, why. Here's the thing: every major OS has its own browser. Right, right. right? And I get why I get why um, Google has a browser. Apple has or, Safari. I mean, has, uh, yeah. So, so I get this. This makes sense to me. I don't get what um, for Mozilla. I, I don't understand their profit model. I don't understand like how, how Mozilla they, makes money. Yeah, yeah. Which is do they? I, I, I guess have they no have a CEO. Idea. They must make some they, money. They must be doing something. But like, what? how did they make money from um, making a browser? Well, you that, remember back when you could go to the big box you, stores you and purchase a browser off the shelf? Right, but you can't do that anymore. You just uh, download it for free. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, maybe, maybe if you buy Encarta, you <laughs> get a special deal on browsers. Yeah. Does Encarta exist anymore? I'm pretty sure Encarta did, was. Did uh, Encarta get wiped out by Wikipedia? Basically, yeah. Was that uh, yes? I was actually uh, listening to another podcast recently that was talking about the insanity of children. You know, in a few years, like probably my kid will just think that the way to find information is to walk into the uh, kitchen and go. Alexa, what's the capital of Peru? Right. And have this disembodied voice from a pylon in my kitchen answer. Which is it's pretty close to that is what it that's, is now. That's how we settle arguments at the house. I mean, nine times out of ten. You walk in the IMDb. kitchen and ask Alexa? Uh, no, I ask Siri because she's in my pocket. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, it's the same thing. It's a disembodied voice responding uh, to you. And if any of you are wondering where I'm getting this, you should listen to this week's episode of The Light Bulb. It's pretty good. The Light Bulb? Oh. Yeah, it's a podcast. Okay. You can find it on iTunes or Stitcher or most anywhere, I'm sure. Yeah. Or if you just have Overcast or Casts, you can search for it and they'll both pull it up for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just a plug for those of you Those guys that, uh, doing those things. Actually, I think we're, well, let's put a bullet in the edge thing. I do want to talk for a second uh, about uh, podcast applications. Okay. This is totally not on the agenda, but I'm going to just take a, a second. So, uh, as you know, we do a podcast. What? Yeah. Who, re- we do? Yeah, like us. Huh. Yeah. Um, right. And I'm a metrics nerd, so I spend a lot of time looking at the metrics as we started to um, actually have them again. It's weird. If you take a two-year sabbatical, you sort of lose listeners. Yeah. Uh, it's not that weird, really. Right. Uh, but it does look like we've got some listeners. And then even after starting to receive listeners again, we changed how we were hosting things. So everything broke for a little bit. Uh, but then the listeners started to come back. And as they did, I'm looking at the um, uh, user agent, right? Yeah. So how people are connecting to us. And like for the first couple of weeks, 50% of our traffic was coming from Overcast. And I was like, what is Overcast? Because <laughs> I'd never heard of it. Uh, 
turns out Overcast is a application for downloading podcasts. They have an Android app. They have a uh, uh, iOS app. They have, I believe, even a web streaming app, so you can do it from your browser. Um, and I was like, hey, let me take a look at Overcast. I've been using Casts. I'm happy with Casts. It works really well. It does everything I need. Um, but Overcast actually had some cool features in it that I was like, oh, I've got to try those out. Uh, one of the features was it takes and removes the pauses in a podcast and makes it just kind of jam all the words up. So if we were just to be silent for like that long. It was long, too long. It was too long. I can't deal with it. <sighs> uh, Overcast would have heard that silence, edited that silence out, and just been done with it. So actually, interesting. The people who are listening to this right now on Overcast... May not have noticed the They pause. don't know what happened just now. Right. They're like, what the shit? Where'd it go? Uh, now... I was like, oh, that's cool. So I can now listen to a 40-some-odd-minute podcast uh, in like 35 minutes, minutes, right? Because there's a lot more pauses in a podcast than you think. I tried it out. Oh, my God, was it annoying. I just couldn't handle it. It was like talking to my little sister. Like, I love my little sister. She's an awesome person. But she talks at 500 miles an hour. And from the time you see her to the time she goes away, it is nonstop talking. Now... That's kind of how my whole family is, so it's not a huge surprise. But yeah. boy, it was hard to listen to podcasts because you know you're usually listening to podcasts while driving or cleaning or doing something, and all of a sudden there's this like barrage of word 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 word, word coming into your ears. I'm like, stop, 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 stop! I can't do it! I can't do it! I can't do it! I lasted like a minute and a half listening to people that I like to listen to. Really, it just it just overloaded you. You think? Yeah, like, like my brain just like. You Done. Couldn't, you couldn't, couldn't process it. it. That, yeah. that, you think that pause is like almost like gives your brain a moment to uh, calculate what happens at the end of each sentence, sort of, and, I, go, and absorb it. I think so. Like for me, that pause may even be the time where I'm like, "Oh, that was an interesting thought. How do I feel about that?" Yeah. You take the pause away. I can't have feelings. I just have to get with the program and do what's going on. And like, apparently, that's stressful for me. I didn't think you had feelings to begin with. Well, hold on, though. I have feelings around me being able to have my say. Oh, that is like the oh, right, feel, like, right, right. That and anger are the feelings I have. So you have ego and anger. Yeah, duh. I have the good ones, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, so like lacking the ability to reflect is really hard for me. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Angry. <laughs> uh, dude, I should totally add some reverb echoey effects on that. That'd be cool. Yeah. That's, I, I want to hear that now. Yeah. Okay, so actually, cast is pretty or uh, Overcast is pretty cool. Um, go out, download it, give it a try. Uh, Casts is also badass. Um, both of them have um, cool features that allow you to either speed up the podcast, slow it down, well, speed it up, so you can listen to edit up to twice the speed. Which, when you remove the sound and increase something up to like twice the speed, it makes it really hard to listen to. Yeah, just like processing wise, I did find that. Uh, leaving the gaps in but speeding it up one and a half times actually isn't bad. Huh. I think it's probably because I watch a lot of Film Riot and I'm almost positive they've uh, sped they're, they're that up. They're speeding their stuff or they're, you know, on meth, one or the other. Yeah, that, they don't look like meth heads. But uh, yeah, definitely speeding them up. So let's talk next. That's right. I left an intentionally long gap. Ha ha ha. Except for some people won't notice. <sighs> Bastards. Um, let's talk about an article I read this week on air gap hacking. So you mentioned this before the podcast and you didn't tell me what it was, uh, but air gap 
is where you have a laptop or a computer that or an entire farm or, of or, them. Yeah, which to keep it secure, you never connect it to the internet or or a network at all or depending on I, I guess there's probably Correct. levels of air gapping. You could have a your a network that's air gapped like where you've got you know, we or you could have just one computer that's completely air gapped and since you installed Windows or or Mac or Linux, you've never connected it to any network at all. That's air gapped. Yeah. Air gapping is basically where you say, hey, we're not connecting this computer to any network so that we can keep it secure or, you know, any major internet type network or anything so that nobody can have a remote hack. They can't ever hack into us because there's no means by which for them to do that. Right. Now, is this, uh, you say air gap hacking, is this mean people started figuring out how to get past that? So let's say you do have a network of computers that are air gapped, right? They're in a secure location, they're processing whatever it is they're processing, and you have such stringent controls that you don't even let smartphones into the facility, right? Because smartphones are basically um, Teeny magic. little computers. Teeny little computers that can take pictures, they can uh, connect to Wi-Fi, they can, you know, a lot of times even just plug in with a dongle, and boom, you now you're pumping data out over LTE and everything's fine. So they only, in, in these kinds of secure locations, they only let in dumb phones. Okay. Right? Like candy bar phones that have, you know, just cellular connected to them. No yep. Wi-Fi, nothing. Yep. Just connect up to a cellular and make phone calls. They may not even be able to do text messages. Where do you get those phones at? I think Boeing. Oh, right. <laughs> Same place you get uh, um, pagers if you're a drug dealer. Okay. Uh, but do, do doctors still carry pagers? Yes, I believe they do. Huh. I don't know any doctors. Yeah. I should, I, I'll, I should ask my doctor. I was at a meeting like yesterday. There you go. Um, so what a group of folks did is they figured out that you can actually take a dumb phone, and a computer. And interestingly enough, you know how computers are built, right? With like electronics and whatnot in them. Right. There's green PCB boards and processors and heat sinks and transceivers and transistors and They stuff. found a way to cause the memory and CPU to be used in such a way that they started to emit radio waves themselves. Okay. Now, the, now, in order to make this work, it requires a couple of hacks. It requires a hack in the computer itself so that there's a, a sender, right? A bit of code that lives on that computer that is now decided to utilize the memory or the processor in a way that it sends um, basically ones and zeros into okay. the air. Okay. And then the dumb phone that is just basically a radio receiver yep. can sit there and listen. If it had hacked firmware, it could then take that information, send it out over the cellular network, pickety-bam, you're hacked. uh, (sighs) You're currently over there going, right, but how do you get an exploit on a machine that's never been connected to an internet? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Manufacturing plants. Manufacturing plants that are for bias, for ROMs, for GPUs on, uh, you know. I'm not, here's the thing. I'm not saying it's impossible but but this is all hypothetical, right? Actually, they've done it. No, but did they... Yes, they wrote an exploit that did it on the machines. They even went so far as to remove the cell, the dumb phone from the requirement. They said they were uh, they had a antenna that was like 30 meters away aimed at the facility. 
And they were able to get the data no, out. No, no, no. I mean, I get they did it. But did they do it in an actual secure facility that didn't know they were doing it? No, because that would be illegal. Right. These were actually white hat hackers, not well, the bad guys. That's what I'm saying, right? So these guys did this as a... They, they did it as an experiment to show what could be done and why we need to have good controls on... Like, if you're going to go to the trouble to build a, um, a air-gapped facility, yeah. but then you go buy um, arbitrary... Off-the-shelf uh, off hardware. Off-the-shelf hardware. Right. It's like, look at how many times there's been some kind of a backdoor hack in a product. I don't know, Sony. <laughs> Feel bad for those guys. Uh, yeah. Now, some of the stuff was their fault. Some of it may not have been. But if you think about the whole manufacturing pipeline uh, for video cards, which functionally are little tiny computers, yep. right? The PCB boards themselves, the bias chips that are built wherever they're built. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of supply chain options for people to get in there and cause, uh, you know, fuckery. Yeah, yeah, there is. Now, uh, it is going to be a much more complicated hack, but if you are a person that is, or a probably some kind of government organization that has built an air-gapped facility, the people that do want that data yeah. are probably going to be more motivated than, say, you or I. Yeah, yeah. It feels like you could solve this by just putting a uh, Faraday cage around the whole damn thing. Yes, that would and, be the... Uh, I don't know how much it would cost to make a completely insulated facility, but I knew they. I know they do have those, right? Yeah. That's where they do the uh, EM testing for... Uh, like the cell phone like validation stuff and, and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. I know when we had those at work, those were not inexpensive. Th- those were fairly expensive to install. Yeah, yeah, they're not. It's not. Yeah, but hey, if it, you're going with a whole, like, I'm air gapping this government facility, blah, 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 eh, you, you can probably spend money to run aluminum foil up through the walls or whatever the fuck it is that they do to th- make that work. Uh, you, you know, I'd never actually considered what they do, but I assume it was just big sheets of metal and, uh, you know, crisscrossing rebar of stuff. Yeah, that's what I said. Aluminum <laughs> foil up through the walls. Ah, uh, yes, aluminum foil. Yeah, and then uh, run a church the whole damn thing. <laughs> block any radio waves. That that would probably work. Yeah, uh, especially like really small uh, radio waves like those are probably really low amplitude that's coming off of uh, that. So Yeah, they are. That That's why they were able to get it from so far away, right? Um, yeah. Huh. Have, you, have you been, uh, did you take a look at uh, Mr. Robot yet? The new yeah. TV show on uh, USA. So I was having some insomnia after, issues, and I started suits. watching that. Uh, honestly, on Suits, I'm waiting for a few more seasons to come out because I think I got three seasons into Suits, maybe. Okay. And then I ran out of Suits, and I was like, "What the?" And then you had to go through the withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, so of... I worked through the withdrawals for not having any um, Harvey Specter. Yeah. And now I'm waiting until I can binge watch at least three seasons, th- unless Suits is over, in which case I will binge watch the rest of it. I think they're in season five right now. So, I mean, you've got a season in the bank, but you've got another year and a half before, uh, before you'll be able to do that binge watching episode they want. Is it worse, though, really to be like, I think it's worse when I binge watch it like three seasons and then it's over because I then it, it becomes my daily routine of I'm watching it and then like and then it's gone and it's gone forever and I don't know what to do now whereas if I just watch an episode a week I don't really get like 
you know, I don't get that addicted to it the same way. Now, I know you don't actually listen to me, but you do listen to you, right? Yeah. Just a few seconds yeah. ago in the podcast, we yeah. called out the actual emotions yeah. that I maintain. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Separation is not either anger or ego. So Okay, so you don't... Um, yeah, but it's a disruption of your routine. Right. My OCD, your OCD kick in? My OCD your, doesn't uh, extend to the okay. television watching. Yeah, right. It's weird. Yeah. It's uh, physical manifestations only. But you were just saying that when you finished three, the first three, you went through withdrawals. Well, I went through withdrawals mostly because I wanted more and there wasn't any more to be had. Once I know that a finite completion, there is no more. Yeah. eh, Short of a few very um, large outliers like Serenity and Firefly, I don't really get that worked up. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so how far are you in on uh, Mr. Robot? And maybe we don't want to ruin it for anybody. So it's... Yes, this is not a spoilers episode. We did not give any spoilers. No, no spoilers. So I think I'm about three episodes in... And so there's a couple of shows, actually. Halt and Catch Fire. Um, Which I'm way behind on right now. Yeah, but. I got maybe four or five episodes into that. The, uh, both of these shows are good shows, and I want to watch them. Yeah. But um, they aren't shows that my wife is interested in by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, yeah, and yeah. we've been so busy lately that I haven't had any me TV time. I've been doing um, video editing and right, audio right. editing and all of that stuff instead. So you know the the uh, she might like True Detective though. There's a chance, um, but is there any internal um, thought, dialogue, emotion that oh. isn't explicitly stated? Of ha ha ha, that is funny. Ha ha ha. Oh no. Okay, then no. yeah, that's probably a no. There's a lot of very dramatic brooding uh, uh, people saying things that's maybe a little bit disturbing. Yeah, she's uh, only 50-50 on Penny Dreadful because there's too much brooding in the show. Yeah. Uh, True Detective might not be good. But it is procedural-ish cop drama I I think it hits the cop drama part. I don't think it's nearly procedural enough. Probably. In fact, it may be the opposite of procedural. Uh, So what are the... We should jump back to Mr. Robot here in a second. Uh, But because I can't... I, I I can't really speak to many of these... Uh, but based off of what I've seen on the internet, there are people that have been relatively, uh, well, two very large camps, elated and dissatisfied with the last season of True Detective. Well, I think, so the, the second season of True Detective, which just wrapped up this weekend, um, was not as good as the first season. I will say that. And it didn't, it didn't capture my attention the same way the first mm-hmm. season did. Uh, that said, it's still better than... 95% of anything else on TV. Whoa. So, Better than Rizzoli and Isles? Probably. I can't even imagine. So, you know, not quite as good as the first one, which was really fucking good, is still also really, really good. Um, uh, better than Empire? Uh, I, you know, I haven't seen Empire. No, not the TV show. The Star Wars movie. Oh. Empire Strikes Back. You know, that's a real apples and oranges comparison. <laughs> it's hard to... <laughs> Hard to go, hard to put that, you know. But but better than Phantom Menace. Definitely better than Phantom Menace. And probably better than Jedi, really. Eh, yeah, yeah Jedi is fifty fifty on. So uh, let's get back to Mister Robot. Okay, yeah. What so? Uh, without giving away any spoilers, yeah, it's a story of a boy. <laughs> who is uh, very Asperger's-ish, right? Uh, there are times where I have a narrator feel about him. 
Mostly because I don't know Ed Norton's character's name from Fight Club because he doesn't actually Jack. have one. Is it Jack? Jack or the narrator, either yeah. one. But yes, there's a very much feel of that. They haven't revealed whether or not that's true or not. Yeah, um, I, I would not be surprised to find out that, that none of the people he works with or any of the things that happened actually happened. Yeah, I, I actually have a, like, even, it's weird, like, watching the, the show, not just that, it does have kind of a fight fight club feeling to it it does um, it, it do- hasn't gotten into the cult or um, quite but, yeah. but there's there's some similarities in there but I, this i really like his character um he's full of like weird bad decisions but like wicked smart and uh yeah and they, they they touch what made me think about it was when you were talking about the hacking with the phone and he there's a there's an episode where he hacks into a, a jail basically with a with a phone and yeah, one of the things that I will say, and this is something that I've seen both in Halt and Catch Fire and Mr. Robot, they are doing a much better job of treating technology as a real thing than, say, Scorpion did. Yes. Is Scorpion still on? I didn't actually watch Scorpion, but I heard stories. So I watched an episode of Scorpion accidentally, and I don't even know what the plot was, but somebody had... Uh, I think had hacked an airplane and in order for the airplane to become unhacked, they had to get a laptop in and connect to the airplane's wireless network so that they could apply a patch. Yeah. I think you were, I think you were telling me about, I think I'm, yeah. So they, the air, but the airplane couldn't land and it had to go 99 miles an hour or like it exploded uh, because you know, it's, you know, speed on an airplane. (laughs) Right. Uh, So they like, got on an airfield with a sports car and raced under the plane. But because of the relative speed differences between the car and the airplane, the Wi-Fi couldn't sync up because, you know, the speed of light and all. Right. Uh, That doesn't make no sense at all. Yeah. So instead what they did is they drove the car and then like somebody hung out of the airplane with an ethernet cable and they plugged the ethernet cable into the laptop and managed to, not only negotiate for an IP, sync up with the network, upload a virus with tippity type, 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 and on the keyboard. Right. Um, in like less than 3.5 seconds. That's. Now, not- I don't know about you, but I can't even get on the Starbucks Wi Fi that quickly. No. I can't. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> the little approve button doesn't come up by then. Yeah. So, you know, wicked, wicked realistic uh, experience with technology in Scorpion. Which is weird because that was a relatively recent show. And I, I kind of feel like people it, are smarter. Than media in general days. has gotten a little bit better about uh, keeping things grounded in reality. Right? Even the stuff that's fantastic. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But if you look at Halt and Catch Fire or Mr. Robot, both of them have a technological component that is you know, sort of core to the story-ish, because really it's not. But it, it does at least construct interesting aspects of what's going on. And they've done a good job, especially in Halt and Catch Fire, of uh, really kind of, I think, grasping the pre-internet boom days yeah. where hardware and software were, like, fundamentally linked. Yep. As opposed to today when, like, ah, yeah, I'm... Whether I'm running Java or uh, C Sharp or basically anything, there's a virtual machine sitting between me and the software. Yep, yep. And I, I really like Halt and Catch Fire for that, actually. Yeah. I assume, like, the few things I've seen on Mr. Robot, uh, they have done a 
good job, at least in the three episodes I watched, of not abusing technology. In yeah, it feels like... Way. I mean, there's some things that are maybe improbable, but I don't feel like they have anything that's impossible. Everything seems grounded in reality, and maybe it's a little fantastic, and it's a little bit of a stretch, but it's... It's, it's yeah, but, not, but you're talking about Christian Slater being a badass, right? Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm talking about like the worst case scenario, which is my, my Terminator Judgment Day um, problem. You, was it Judgment Day? What was the, what was the one with Christian Bale? Uh, oh, that's the one where with, the hooker with... I mean, sorry, the cyborg with the heart of gold comes back. Right. To, and uh, and they, they, what, what blows... What, my problem with that movie was I can I can buy time travel I can buy cyborgs that stuff's all fantastic but you know hey it's sci-fi whatever what I couldn't buy was the uh, heart transplant that they did at the end of the movie in the desert in a tent like it's just come on I, I you, you've lost all your technology because the humans have been destroyed but we're just going to do the heart transplant now that should be fine well, right I don't know if you It'll know this but heart transplants are actually very simple. Yeah? Like, yeah, like everybody's heart's modular. You just tap three times <laughs> underneath your left arm. Your chest cavity opens up. And then like you just, there's a little button right up the kind of underside of your rib cage. You tap that, your heart pops out, and then you can put it in anything else yeah. and reverse the whole yeah. process, and it all works. The worst thing was they didn't even need to do that for the movie. Like there was a whole sacrifice. Like they could have done a hundred other things for, to, for him to sacrifice himself you, to save You're suggesting but. that in Terminator Salvation, they did Salvation, not, that's yeah. it, yeah. That they did not have a well-defined story without any holes and didn't really give the right amount of time to character development. Yeah, I might, I might be going down that direction. I just, yeah. I can't fucking believe that. Like yeah. Terminator is the new it, Terminator movie though. That looks badass. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, but, Genesis. Yeah. Right. I, I'm a useless font of Terminator knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do kind of want to see that. I don't expect that movie to actually be good. By any stretch, I expect it to be a horrible, just flaming shit show. Yeah, but... But I'll watch it. Exactly. Uh, there's very few TV shows, I think, that deal with time travel in a uh, uh, reasonable and grown-up way. Uh, 12 Monkeys, the TV show, does a pretty good job. Oh, you know what? I forgot about that. Yeah. I watched the first few episodes, and then I kind of stopped watching it. I'm going to have to come back to that. Yeah, it's, it's on my list of stuff to come back to, too. Uh, I got a whole ways into it, and... There, there's another show that, and sorry if this is uh, a lie, but there's a show that I was watching recently that was actually doing a really good job of dealing with time travel. And I don't remember if it was a movie or a TV show or a hallucination. Okay. I might have had her. I had some issues recently. This where, sounds like it's going to be a very interesting show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to, to watch it myself. My uh, my allergy medicine and I had a little bit of a disagreement and I ended up not sleeping for a couple of days and having basically um, uh, hallucinations all night long. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that I imagined the whole thing, but it was an awesome show. It's not the show that I told you about earlier this week, is it? Which show did you tell me about? Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel? No, I haven't watched that yet. Okay. No, but you heard my description of it, so maybe... Maybe I took that and ran with it in my own head <laughs> exactly. and made an awesome TV show. Um, I is do, Malcolm Reynolds in it? No, he's okay. not. But Chris O'Dowd is, um, and it's mm. it's actually it's a good show. I I, I recommend it. It's it's kind of uh, BBC ish. I think probably because it's produced by the BBC. Uh, about a, three guys hanging out in a pub, and they get stuck accidentally time traveling back and forth in time. And uh, well, uh, you know, the one guy's new girlfriend tries to fix the time link. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to check that one out. But it handles a lot of the time paradox and what would possibly happen, et cetera, et cetera. And, what um, was the name again for the listeners so they can go check it out? Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel. Awesome. And which, uh, which network? I saw <laughs> it on HBO Go. Okay, so um, use the internet, people. So, you know, good luck. Find it. So let's dive into our last topic for the day. Uh, for those of you that don't know this, we aren't just nerds. We actually get up every morning super early and go to the gym. Yeah. And it's totally not so we can do a separate video podcast called FACA Health that will be deb- debuting in the Com- next two weeks. Completely not for that. Not that at all. Uh, but walking into the gym the other day, uh, tied up to the bike rack, I saw the strangest contraption I'd seen in a long time. And I thought, uh, well, uh, that I, I'm going to Google that some bitch when I get into the or when I get done with my workout. It was now as I walked up to it, it looked like a skateboard, but instead of the wheels being four and then being underneath the board, it was one big ass wheel right in the center of the board. So I'm looking at it going, wow, that looks awesome. And I would totally want one of those even without knowing how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So I snapped a picture, uh, Googled it later, and it's called The One Wheel. You can check them out, uh, rideonewheel.com. Now, let me just give you some of the user operations and specs of this thing that I, t- I kind of want to just park outside of the gym and figure out who's that it. <laughs> just Ooh, hang out. Tomorrow, I should just leave like a little note on it. Hey, dude, can we... Like, here's my number. I send totally me, want to play with this. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a great idea. Uh, that is absolutely what I'm doing tomorrow morning because it's been out there all week. Uh, but so it's got a six to eight mile range. It can go 15 miles an hour. It operates by if you lean forward, you move forward. If you kind of toe in or toe out, you go left or right as appropriate. And if you lean back, it stops. To me, it seems like a skateboard version of a Segway. Yeah, it is basically a skateboard skateboard version of a Segway, but it looks so awesome. <laughs> as opposed to the Segway. As opposed to the Segway, yes. Uh, now, the what, the only thing... Oh, it's, it's got regenerative braking. It's got LED lights. Did I say it charges in about 20 minutes? You didn't, but you have now. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it looks wicked awesome. Uh, the only thing that makes me go, ah, I cannot impulse buy one of those without the wife killing me is the fact that it's $1,500. Yeah, that's a, that's a little steep. Yeah. Um, the, I was watching the videos uh, after we were talking about it here mm-hmm. uh, online, and it looks like it handles like off-road stuff really well, too. Like, yeah. It, these guys were riding them down like trails and stuff, like, yeah, like, like going over logs, or, like small logs, like, you know, a like two-inch diameter log. But they were, they were, you know, cruising along just fine, like, off road, going over stairs and stuff, like sort of jumping over the stairs, but uh, it seems super durable. Yeah, but like it does look totally awesome. Uh, I, so actually, if you're the dude that owns that and you go to the pro club and you listen to the podcast, likelihood being really slim here. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally improbable. But if you're listening, uh, go ahead and like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the tech garage. Or, That's correct. And then, uh, also, you can send us an email at techgarage at filamentalley.com. Uh, or, hell, just like send me a mail, zach at techsage.org. <laughs> or you can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I tried to use that today. That's hard as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, zach at uh, filamentalley.com works also. Yeah, zach at filamentalley.com or works. Or matt at filamentalley.com. Or matt at filamentalley. There's so many ways to get a hold of us. It's just easy. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really just interested in anybody's feedback. But if you're the dude or chick that has the one wheel 
please get in contact with us. If not, I will be leaving post-it notes on your one wheel pretty much every day until you contact me. Because <laughs> it looks like it would be awesome. Rocker. Uh, yeah, but like it's just it's not digital or like on the internet, so it's not creepy. Yeah. No, no, true, true. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I think that about does it for us today. Did, I think so. Did you have any more well, topics? Well, I, I was thinking about talking about Shark Wheel. Uh, let me, oh, let me yeah, yeah, yeah really Shark quick. Wheel. You were telling me so about So when this. we were looking up the one wheel, I, the internet search returned Shark Wheel, uh, which uh, is a... this So we used to skateboard a lot. Uh, haven't so much lately, but I'm, I'm kind of still fascinated by it. It's a, This guy's designed a skateboard wheel. Uh, it's... It's really weird. If you look, I at looked it, at it and looked like a squished marshmallow with uh, like whole, uh, gouges drug, dug in the outside. Yeah, it's like if I was to, if you look at it at the right angle, it looks like as opposed to a wheel, it looks like a cube. Um, but the rolling surface ends up sort of being flat based on the way that the corners of the cube are are, are flattened off. What ends up happening? It ends up being like basically uh, if you were to. Like roll it along through the sand, the track of the wheel would look like a sine wave. Right. Uh, and apparently, by stumbling upon this new design, uh, it ends up making the wheel roll a lot smoother. So you get way less friction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of the curves in it, you actually get better traction while cornering. Uh, so you're not going to sketch out as much. Exactly. So I'm kind of fascinated. Uh, do you suppose then, we can go to the skate shop and get some of those? Or do we have well, to order them online? I think you have to order them online. Uh, I might slap. I might so do that. We should actually order some of those and get some videos for Fat Guy Health. Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, and they also, and it doesn't look like you on the where I was looking at it online. Uh, you can do it, but it's imagine like three of these like sort of curvy uh, plates. Mm-hmm. There's three of them stacked together, so you can actually mix and match the hardness of of the actual wheel apparently and they're in, in the designs that they were projecting so you would actually have like maybe like a softer stickier outer side and then a harder inside so you get really good rolling friction and better grip so nice um, it sounded pretty cool i might have to get myself a pair and hit the skate park up again yeah we should do that and i know i've already uh, kind of spilled the beans on this a couple of times we talked about it on the previous episodes of the podcast but literally within the next two weeks, we will be posting um, our first ever attempt at video. Yep. Uh, and that got, first attempt was is... an abomination. It is god-awful horrible. Uh, but if you're fans of, you know, the mediocrity that is the podcast, you may actually enjoy our fitness video blog or whatever. What, what, is, what do we call it? YouTube channel? I think we're going to have a YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what we should refer to it as. So you should check out our YouTube channel. Um, I will... Um, plug the actual channel name as soon as I go set it up. Don't anybody set it up without me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be awesome. We did our first episode. Um, you can tell it's the first episode, but check it out back at health. It's all about normal people doing exercise and, you know, showing that anybody and everybody can do exercise. You don't have to be a ripped, um, gym rat to be healthy. Exactly. But maybe as a result of it, we will be someday. Uh, healthy, yes. Gym rant, no. Yeah, good point. So I do believe that is it for us today. Thank you all for watching and uh, for listening. And we will uh, talk to you next week. 